0: Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty. Did you see that thing that Katie shared with us?
1: The one, one second, second, the second day. a day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would cool. almost have enough footage to do that. Mm. Make a slideshow of daily puppies. Hello everybody, I am Sandy Mackey.
0: And I am Al Curtis.
1: Not to be confusing. You know, I'm not Al Curtis. And
0: I am certainly not Sandy Mackey, just in case.
1: Which you can sort of tell from our voices, maybe.
0: The computer can. Yeah. When you look at your digital copy of your voice, it's much different than mine. That is In case true. you wanted to know. I did. And clearly in our early, early recordings many years ago, I could look at the digital on-screen and know exactly who is talking because of the way our voices oscillate and leave a signal I guess for lack of any better term I guess it's a sine wave or a wave of some type. So yes we're different. Anyway today let's talk pools. Let's talk philosophy or let's talk philosophy about pools.
1: Let's talk about how long ago we started doing recordings and the early days in our learning, I guess, about storytelling. We went into the recording studio and we had done a series of recordings (laughs) about things like social media and blogging and organic marketing marketing which is basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how to put all the pieces of telling your story together that was a long time ago
0: that was a long time ago we definitely have evolved from there
1: although the principles
0: are exactly are
1: exactly the same if you listen to some of our vintage stuff from 2000 Eight, nine eight. Mm-hmm. we would offer the same advice and the same approach to <laughs> storytelling marketing creating your digital footprint it would be exactly the same
0: I think at that time we were on the social media front on the social media front we were probably well ahead of what people were going to figure out and Figure out the tool and use the tool. We had started with that early on and really very little has changed. Sure some of the platform platforms have changed and yes we're more mobile now than ever and there's a lot of those little detail things but philosophically speaking as well as really structurally what you're doing hasn't changed I don't think really at all has it?
1: No well no and yes I suppose the importance of video has continued to increase, which we had talked about the importance of doing video early on, but maybe not to the extent of what it is.
0: That's Bob the pool dog making making himself known, which that's okay.
1: Well, right, unless it pierces people's ears when they're listening. Mm.
0: Which is possible, I suppose. Anyway, you're right about video. I think that's probably trend-wise. Video is just increasing. And video was always good and always popular. YouTube was in its very early stages, so it was finally a platform to be able to share video information. And now, at that time, it it was still pretty much in its infancy, but we were using it then. I mean, as soon as YouTube came out, people started figuring out the value of using it very quickly but I think we see it now as such a tool.
1: We used a couple of sites in addition to YouTube. Our advice has always been do a little bit on all of them so that if one of them takes off, you're ready. And also don't put all your eggs in one basket. So we used Vimeo and Vidler back in the day. I think Vidler is probably obsolete. I don't know that I've heard anything about that in a while. Vimeo is still around, but it's a little different and then of course we still use youtube and there are still options to put web or put video content on your website natively still uses up a lot of bandwidth so i would definitely continue to put them on a third party site facebook becoming be huge. more active in the video side of things and speaking of video i have a bit of a monumental task in front of me because we have been filming the Pirate Pool Project all summer. We have 10 terabytes approximately of raw footage and audio recordings because Katie is a videographing mastermind. She had a framework for what she was going to capture that absolutely blows me away, and I think exceeds the expectation of what we had in terms of the content. Now that we have it though, the monumental task is figuring out what to do with it. So, one of the things we could do is we collectively as a team, because it's way too much for one person, could go through every single moment of footage that we have from the Pirate Pool Project and edit it, cut out bloopers, and then post it online or I had this other idea that we dedicate one of our YouTube channels to that content and it goes up in its entirety raw according to the date stamps that we have on it. So it's a progression. And I know that you got used to having the camera on you and I think everybody on the team did as well. If we did that, And we posted it all online and we didn't worry about intros and outros and cutting things. What do you think people would see on that video?
0: That is a really interesting idea. We have to think about that one, but I want to put into perspective what 10 terabytes is. 10 terabytes is 10,000 gigabytes. So if that gives you any I don't frame know how big a
1: gigabyte is. So is that like the size of a cookie or
0: Sure. But when we early on took pictures with a digital camera that <laughs> 1 megabyte per picture was huge.
1: So terabytes have been the new thing that came out because we used to get hard drives and
0: they were in the gigabytes. 250
1: gigs Mm -hmm. was kind of big and then like one terabyte terabyte came out and that was super exciting and now we have i thought six terabytes was a big deal and now i have a 10 terabyte backup drive which katie is putting some footage on too so that's a lot of footage well if you think about it too we started the pirate pool project late april Right, beginning of May, Uh, I think is when some of the first real footage from the job site started coming out. That is a camera running, at least one camera running, if not two or three, set up to do different shots. For the entire time that our team has been on the job building since the beginning of May. And we are currently in October, October one. So that's a sh- lot of footage.
0: It's a lot of footage. Mm-hmm. I think it probably is
1: I think it might be boring if we just loaded it all onto a website now that I'm thinking through that a little more. The idea is great because then it would be kind of catalogued and indexed and maybe easily searched but I think Part of what but, the magic but what is. Well what you would be searching, we, you'd be searching dates. When we cut it knocked. yeah, when we cut it apart, we are better yeah. able to explain what's going on and put it in bite-sized little pieces.
0: An interesting part of thinking about her putting the show together. Estimating twelve episodes or thereabouts at twelve to eighteen minutes apiece. We're gonna use up of that content maybe, the best of that 10 terabytes that we know exists, which is probably less than 1% of that.
1: So in the less than 1% of the footage that we're actually going to use, I know that Katie does still have some very specific scenes that she would like to shoot and interviews she would like to do with our team, I would assume interviews with the homeowner as well. So, as daunting as 10 terabytes of video footage is, along with audio, she still has a very clear picture in her mind of what the missing pieces are that she needs to plug in. So, I'm always fascinated with people's certain ways and what they, without even thinking about, kind of is effortless for them. And I think that we've definitely learned through this that Katie has a certain way when it comes to storytelling and video and getting what she needs to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, frankly, this is you. It's not an easy task. She has had to be on top of the plan and the strategy and get you and the team and me to go along with it to make sure that she gets what she needs. So. That, I think, has also been pretty special to find out and witness. Well,
0: I guess I never, going into it, really had any idea how monumentally huge the effort was going to be. Herculean, with so many cameras, with so much footage, that to do a show requires maybe some footage from some days, maybe no footage from some days depending on what it is, but to be able to go through all of that and know what the right shot is, how it helps tell the story, what the next piece you need is, it, it is a testament to her specific skill that she has because I, I just am overwhelmed even thinking about the possibility of what it would take. And there's, there's a piece of that too where you can't rush that much as I want to rush it, much as I would like to have seen it happen as we built, ep- more episodes come out, I also recognize that it's just not that easy. Just yeah. Isn't.
1: Well, I think we are splendidly on track, and we have officially three episodes out, although the first one ended up being kind of episode zero, the preview, the pilot, so to speak setting it up and then episode 1 and 2 have come out so she's working on episode number 3 right now the goal is have all 12 out by Christmas it's currently October 1st so people will be able to binge watch over their holiday break if they choose to and in between those 12 episodes we also have a goal of having the majority of the b-roll out in bite-sized pieces so that people can really, you know, the people are going to watch the show for entertainment value. Pool people will probably watch the show and then have a lot of questions about the ways that we've done things, which is where that B-roll footage is going to come in with some of the techniques and the ways that we put things together and this show will be different like we've talked about before than other shows that are out there because I happened to catch one on TV last week and it featured one pool per 30-minute episode with commercials so you probably had 16 minutes minutes of actual show And then you had people leading it in, taking it out. So we probably saw, you know, nine minutes of actual on-the-job footage. And here we're looking at five months of actual on-the-job footage.
0: Hey. I I think the significant difference, though, really than anything else that's been done is telling the story from start to finish of a project. Not just the highlights of the best parts, not just the pretty stuff, not just the cool stuff, but the good, the bad, the ugly, the how to, how we arrived at and what our decision making was. And then sharing that along with philosophy, how to's, and and where we get our stuff, what supplies we use, how we find it there's a lot of good detail in this show that has nothing to do with the pool necessarily but it certainly has everything to do with it, the, the pool but there's a lot to be learned for a lot of people not just specifically about how the pool was built I think that's probably a big difference as well versus we met a client when we built them a pool they think we're cool next episode it's not at all bad at all I don't think The goal wasn't that anyway, the goal was to be significantly different and really showcase the, the people, the team, not just the goofy parts, just not the teasing only, but the, the way and showing show hopefully in the end it'll have showcased each of the people involved in a way that, that you understand who they are as a person.
1: continues to use his words for things and I find it some days not at the most opportune times but I would rather have a dog that communicates with me and lets me know when the water bowl is empty than one who can't communicate with me. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we're hearing that in the background. Yes, Bob wants something and he's letting everybody know but I'm not going to
0: scold him for I'm that. i not going to take no, that away. I don't think so either. I think a little bit of barking is fine. Bob just trying to tell us something. He's trying to say something. He doesn't do it just to bark. No. He's got a reason. There's those dogs that just bark for the sake of barking. That is not at all him. He very much has a reason to bark when he does.
1: So it is fall, it is fall in Michigan, and with the change of seasons, one would think sweatshirt weather would come up. However, our team believes in sweatshirt weather all
0: all year year round,
1: round. (laughs) including in the middle of summer. I, on the other hand, believe that sweatshirt weather is happening, but there's something that we may experience here in Michigan that I don't know if everybody does. All around the country because I haven't been all around the country when we head into October November December of course in Michigan here the season change is very pronounced I know in other areas they also have seasons but they're maybe not as pronounced because the leaves don't fall off of all of their trees and you know there's definitely a crisp fall is in the air kind of feeling but in the pool industry it's a sense of kind of relief after a busy, loaded summer is winding down. But then it's also kind of sad because everybody's closing their pools and it's kind of wrapping up and you know, the fall season is like everything kind of going into hibernation and plants are dying and things like that happen. So it's kind of mixed, but definitely now having been in the pool business, not nearly as long as you. but. Significantly, you know, a, you've been around a, a, for a fair a amount of time. A good short yes. blip of time.
0: Uh, it's not a good short I blip, but a pretty good
1: blip. More than a de- <laughs> more than a
0: decade is not a blip.
1: I have come to recognize that fall for me definitely brings a sense of relief. You know, we—gone are the days where we, as a company, I remember maybe the first couple of years that I joined the company, it was complete shutdown in the winter. But with our extended online footprint, as well as the questions that continue coming in every day and how we continue storytelling throughout the year, you know, gone are the days of our complete shutdown. Right. But there's a bit of a relief after the crazy closing season That constant season phone call, that constant. Kind of, uh, mm-hmm. winds its way down.
0: Mm-hmm. I think on the construction end, there's that relief as well as much as it you try to work as long as you can with the weather being what it is and you just sort of adapt and adjust to changing temperatures and weathers and things and you have to modify some of the things that you do sometimes to handle it. It still feels good to get that little bit of a not quite so hectic go 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 seven days a week feeling guilty if you're not doing it because there's so much to do feeling moving moving away from that into you know working but not having to feel crazy about it and so I would agree there's something to that
1: a little more relaxed pace Mm -hmm.
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah a customer on a construction site is not nearly as anxious I mean not that we see that so much anymore in our business like we once would have An anxious customer wanting us to get done. Or an anxious pool guy. Wanting to be done.
1: Well, an anxious pool guy conditioned to be hyperactive in the peak Mm -hmm. of the summer. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, once you've done something for a number of years, we've definitely changed our ways in a lot of things. But some of those kind of unconscious, subconscious behaviors or maybe even feelings still pop up.
0: They do. What I really like, there's, there's something that happened and I it's, it's worthy of mentioning. In those days when we were hectic and it was budget-driven and it was volume-driven and you could only allot so much time, energy, money towards something, I, there was so much pressure to stay within budget. There was so much pressure to do just the right amount and and all of that and recently I was laying out a patio and I was sort of laying out the patio the way I wanted it to be and I don't remember what was on the print and I don't know how much square footage was allotted on the print or the contract but I know what I was drawing was more than that but it didn't but for me it was like, well this is what I'm going to do. And, and it felt really good to, to think and to say that this is what I think it should be without it being, here's how much more money it will be to achieve this look. And when, when we do what we do the way we do it, we can always afford to give a little more, to do a little bit more, to do what's ultimately gonna be right for our customer. And I think that was an interesting moment for me just feeling better about knowing that it's okay to quote-unquote blow a budget where in years past you would you know I remember many times this was even before me owning the company I remember we built a pool and I had to measure the patio to see how many square feet the patio was and I have my own way of measuring and this was many many years ago and I figured I had this much concrete figured out and the homeowner thought it was a different number and it was the difference of 30 square feet probably or something like that and an argument ensued between the homeowner and the original owner of the company over this extra square footage of concrete. At that time, $2.10 a square foot probably, uh, you know, probably no money whatsoever and the the discrepancy was just this teeny tiny amount and yet $60 worth of concrete was worth an argument.
1: Yeah, gone are those days. Gone (laughs) are those
0: days, right. Or instead we're measuring in plus or minus hundreds of square feet sometimes.
1: Or more, yeah. Or more. Well, and I think that just times have changed and our certain way has changed. And if we choose to work with someone, once we kind of finalize that they'd like us to work for them and we'd like to build their pool, that's it. That's that's where like kind of all those decisions of doing what's right and doing it because it's what the project needs, those are already going to happen because we've kind of hit that like our threshold of are you the right customer? Mm-hmm. Should we work with you? And then once we've met that then kind of the rest is irrelevant and we do work for money but we're not driven by, by money. that money while we're doing the work it's it's a necessity mm-hmm. to have our team there and to be able to create this amazingness but that's not you know we're not going to come up with an idea and tell you it's going to be an extra $1000 and then have it be a big decision. You know, if it's yeah. the right thing to do, we're just going to do it mm-hmm. because we've already met that minimum requirement mm-hmm. of what it's going to take to get us mm-hmm. to work in your yard.
0: I think a big thing that really helps and this might be a hang up for a lot of contractors, especially contractors that sub out everything is when you have something figured out based on square footage based on how much you're going to pay for it and you're working from there and then someone's adding square footage that's money that you see directly out of your pocket. Where when we're doing the work ourselves and we the square footage is what it is but we know our material cost, we know our labor cost, adding a little bit more material and a little more labor doesn't hurt very much. It doesn't we don't feel that. We're not as emotionally attached to it versus if I had to pay out per square foot to someone else. It might but I don't know I I don't know I'm just not there but it certainly helps on our end to be able to just do the work because that's number one that's by far if if it's feasible for someone to do that's how I would operate
1: well speaking of that's how we do things we have a handful of people from this year that have requested the magic that is our design and build proposing and one of the things that continues to happen into the fall and into the spring of next year is that we will get some more of those calls. People who find us online, watch the videos, uh, come to know our team, but especially you, and say that if only Al could see my yard, I know that he could see something here. So what do you think is coming up for us next year? What are you hoping to focus on? And uh Kind of what are you thinking about some of this design work that you've got to work on here in the fall?
0: I think that there's room for us to do more projects without necessarily the intensity of the projects. And as much as I love that, and I love the hunt, and I love the chase and the thrill of finding things to use. That's more daunting than anyone could really imagine when you take it so personally. If I didn't give a shit then it maybe it wouldn't matter but I give a shit. What I see moving forward is probably less over-the-top theming. I think we have a general idea and theme on a project in terms of an overall look but I think it. I think that next year's projects are going to be less theme oriented and more genre oriented or looks oriented, so if someone's saying they want an up north theme up north look I see that being more realistic than building a whatever themed specific pool
1: what themes? So, so we say this and mm-hmm. yeah, I agree that we'll probably have some genres of pools that we build and then that one is just going to come along and it's going to knock our socks off with what yeah. people are asking for. And as we've talked about how we ended up building a pirate pool, we talked about what kinds of themes you wanted coming up and we had started collecting pirates and lo and behold, the pirate people show up and the magnitude of the project just takes on a life of its own and boom there we go so now we're
0: out of pirates (laughs) by the way so
1: what is what's next then what's a theme that you haven't tried yet i know steampunk is on the table with plumbing that you can see through and gizmos and gadgets To a greater degree we did this uh, Caribbean steampunk but that was very subtle steampunk Mm -hmm. that you know some people are going to look at it and say interesting waterfall Mm -hmm. not quite sure where they are going with it but the right people are going to get that it has Mm -hmm. a steampunk flavor but I think the steampunk experience pool is steampunk start to finish from the equipment pad to the pool to the plumbing to everything so I know that is yeah, I, think that, I think that's a, gen- a genre
0: that I w- could be and would be really interested in doing. I think that's a, a long, arduous process, which, which would be fun. It <laughs> would be good. There's, a, there's another genre that is my favorite that I would love to completely build in. And I know we've done elements and pieces of, but I would like to complete theme in that old west gold mine that type of genre to me would be probably the ultimate because that's where my spirit soars the most but I could also see some sort of old-world European-esque type of look which kind of goes to that Game of Thrones slash you know and those are all really similar looks the characters are different but the, theme, the, the overall look is really similar, uh, which th- that also goes to like the Lord of the Rings or anything else. That is all very much in that old mystic, world European old mystic world mystical look. Mystical, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's certainly a fun genre to play in because there's a lot of options for that. We've done some of the more Caribbean beachy scene things, which I think is cool. I would like to not do that right away unless of course the right customer came along and then I fall in love with it all over again but I could certainly see steampunk because it's just such a prevalent topic right now and that would let me take the pool equipment and every piece of everything that I ever found and turn it into something cool. That would be awesome but that would be a really big, that would not be a simple thing if it was gonna truly be steampunk. If it's a simple steampunk, much like the the Caribbean steampunk one, that's pretty easy to fabricate, but I could see an awful lot of really cool fabricating, turning unexpected items into pool-related equipment and that kind of stuff, which would be a lot of fun.
1: Speaking of steampunk, we have a collection of steampunk airships by Dr. Steampunk who happens to be a friend of ours and the steampunk kind of cosplay cosplay is one thing I think in the steampunk world and then the steampunk enthusiast slash um, it's just the a people whole who genre live design. Steampunk mm-hmm. is a whole other thing and he happens to have some of his work over in New York there is a large in the Hamptons.
0: Yeah, the South steampunk
1: Hamptons. exhibition going on with 20 of the
0: world's best artist world's mm-hmm. best
1: steampunk artists so one of our pieces happens to be on loan there the pirate themed
0: interesting pirate airship airship, airship. Mm-hmm.
1: is currently on loan to the exhibit and hanging
0: now in southampton
1: <laughs> Very fun.
0: which for a little different time of year we should find a way of going and seeing it
1: oh my goodness i wonder how long it's left open
0: it is until October 12th, I think. Wow. It was it May 12th? Uh, no, uh, no, November 12th. It's either October <laughs> or November. I just read the article.
1: Interesting. Well, oh, that's not a lot of time with how busy <laughs> busy we still find ourselves. You know, we've also talked about the importance of going to the different pool shows. And one of the things that I'm absolutely not ready for this year is pool show season because The first one that typically hits the radar, I think there was actually maybe something, maybe Texas or the Southwest show has already happened for the year. But then the international show is going to be in Orlando this year.
0: Early November.
1: I was, early November slash the end of October is when classes start. Mm. So I had been watching, of course, we know that they had some weather challenges and I wanted to see how that all played out. At the point where we are, I just think, staying in Michigan and not making it to that show this year is probably the right choice for our team. We still have an awful lot that we're doing and having fun doing. Mm -hmm. But I do know that the World of Concrete show will be something that our team will go to this year as well as Atlantic City. And we have a... Uh, mastermind retreat kind of thing coming up too with some of our friends around the country who do pretty incredible things. So
0: it's in Memphis. You know, right. yeah.
1: There's there's a lot. Going and then on. we
0: do have the Canadian Pool Show in December.
1: Right. Oh, thanks for reminding me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our program is due
0: last month, last week probably.
1: No. Well, I have it on my calendar. I think the reminder came up that said we should, you know, make it and I think I have to turn it in in about a week and a half so at some point between now and then we should decide what we're going to talk about although I know what we're going to talk about but we should figure out what kind of uh, ancillary materials we think we will need the secret to success with presenting is being timely and relevant and when you have to prepare your slides so far ahead of time that's just not the style that works with our timely and relevant. <laughs> so mm-hmm. whatever we turn in, will be subject to change, however, Over
0: and over and over.
1: However, we'll try to get something in because I also like to honor people's requests mm-hmm. and deadlines.
0: Well, that, that presentation is about the advancing of you know the vinyl liner industry. And specifically talking about hybrid pools. Oh. And I think it's a perfect last year was introducing I think this year is the how to. Is showing showcasing a project from start to finish somehow.
1: And how do you imagine that will take place? On the day of the presentation now?
0: I think that you and Katie will find all the fo- photographs that we need taken from the pirate pool and we will showcase that pool from start to finish via photograph and talk about each of the pieces and the challenges associated with it
1: did you have any particular sequence in mind or yes yeah,
0: start to finish like
1: shots in your mind that we could begin well, to look
0: for well we have 10 terabytes of content that you can go by date and the earlier the date the earlier that goes in the slides so the first day this first slide, at last day is last slide. And then just put them in sequential order. And you then are we...
1: so helpful. I'm it so makes so much sense. That you're so helpful.
0: It makes so much sense, doesn't it?
1: It does. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's probably a pretty simple, simple format. I think it's all about... It's all about the storytelling anyway. It's not so much about the slides. Although I do think that people appreciate visually how things were built. They hear about it, but then they want to see the final product. They want to see the finished product.
1: Perhaps this year I will look at the actual dates of the show in Canada.
0: And we will get there.
1: And we will prior just prior to our presentation to do our program and with time you know intended to visit everybody at the show unlike last year when it didn't start until the following day we were
0: just off a little bit that is okay
1: for any pool people who might be listening to our pool guy and girl podcast One of the things that we have not done as much with is fiberglass pools throughout the years and with Ecofinish, the amazing surface technology that's available, we've now refinished a couple of fiberglass pools. They turned out beautifully. The homeowners are thrilled. One of the things though that I think everybody on our team would like to come to understand a little bit more is the kind of nuances of fiberglass pools, how they are being built today versus how they were being built back in the day, and how to manage some of the uh, challenges and nuances that come up with dealing with really old, sometimes properly constructed, sometimes not sure what people were thinking constructed pools. So if anybody's listening and might have some knowledge on that topic by way of advice and stories and things like that we'd love to bounce some ideas off of you because looking into next year one of the service offerings that i think we'll have more of is going to be the eco refinishing so if we can just shorten our learning curve on a few things that'd be great because as you probably know we've got a history in vinyl liner pools we have a history in gonite pools and just being in michigan and it being such a vinyl liner slash gunite market just the fiberglass um, experience is just something that we haven't gotten into as a company as far as building uh, but servicing definitely it's been there
0: well and traditionally it was vinyl and gunite and really in the last 20 years fiberglass is is certainly taken our market by storm even the last 30 years i've been around that long um, and there is an awful lot of pools here that are under serviced, undertaken care of and, and are in sore need of repair that people just don't have anywhere to turn.
1: If we looked at the percentage of pools though, and we're probably a little more heavily vinyl liner because we still service some a lot of original pools that you built. We're probably at sixty percent vinyl, thirty percent in the market Ghanai, us? and ten percent fiberglass well even in the pools that we service well,
0: in the pools we service yes.
1: nobody can hear you at the moment al is currently chasing a puppy who got a fork they are super cute but well, I don't know when they were chasing each other, Lily actually got a hold of Atlas's tail. I think Atlas had the fork and uh, Lily was stopping him by grabbing onto his tail. So it was kind of cute.
0: So we service probably more vinyl than gunite. And we service some fiberglass, but not that many. But I would bet if we looked at the percentage of vinyl fiberglass gunite in the market, it's probably fiberglass, 35% vinyl liner, 45% gunite would be my thoughts in terms of numbers. Again just because gunite has been the longest standing and this is a really strong pool market. Michigan surprisingly is a big pool market that people would never imagine because we are from the north but this is this is a large As a state, this is a large market and gunite pools have been around a long, long time. Vinyl much shorter, fiberglass much shorter than that. So I would say 45, 35, 20 would be be what I would guess. But having said that, that 20% fiberglass pools, that's still a lot of fiberglass pools in our market.
1: Speaking of pools, we are supposed to have a 70-degree and an 80-degree day this week. And then if the weather forecast doesn't look warm, I imagine this pool girl's pool will be closing as well as all the late holdouts.
0: Like mine as well. And then the puppies are going to have to wait till next year to go swimming. Right, Bob Jr.? Huh? Right, Bob Jr.?
1: Bobby Atlas Axelrod IV.
0: Call you Jr., huh, Atlas?
1: So, Bobby Atlas Axelrod the puppy does have an Instagram account as well as a Facebook page where you can see all about it. You can also check out All About the Pirate Pool on the website that I'm working on diligently livinglegendary.tv where I'm trying to figure out a great way of hosting the episodes as well as that additional 9.999 terabytes of data that we have not used in the show itself
0: well we certainly don't do anything small, small. <laughs> small. we don't ever do things small with or restraints simple or simple when we get into something we go all the way it doesn't matter what it is if it's that's just simplest thing to the craziest go. thing that's how it, it <laughs> works for us yeah. either we're all in and we go bonkers on it and that's what we did with 10 terabytes worth of information on a single pool or anything else that And done.
1: why have one puppy when you can have six
0: That's right you
1: know It's just we
0: have a it makes so much puppy factory here at the office. We have well puppy factory is misleading.
1: It's a puppy haven. Puppy haven. There we go. Yeah.
0: There are nine currently nine English slash golden retrievers
1: on our team. On our team. (laughs) We need to do a holiday photo.
0: Three generations. There's five little puppies, there's three older semi adult puppies, and, and there's, then there's one grandparent. One grandparent.
1: <laughs> one who's parent five. Slash grandparent. Who's five and a half. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, on that note, I think that's probably a wrap for today. <laughs> And I uh, think the
0: puppies need attention. Yeah. You
1: know, thank you to the one person that we do know listens to the podcast. <laughs> I think there's Actually, more, the well, there's one that we hear from regularly, especially yes. when we talk about him. So, hello to you. And uh, I don't know. On that note, if, you know, there's two, then hey, that's Speak awesome. Speak
0: up so we can <laughs> acknowledge you.
1: Awesome. Well, until, until next time. time